John chapter 9. We, we've made it through eight chapters, and, and we kind of ended last week, last two weeks-ish, last two lessons, which took two months to do. Um, we've been focusing on Jesus' confrontational style and the, the fact that he is stirring the pot. <clears throat> and maybe it's just the book of John that seems to illustrate this a little more than the others, but they all kind of, all of the gospels kind of demonstrate Jesus' very direct confrontational attitude in some cases. And now things are really getting stirred. And we're, we're at the point where, <clears throat> maybe I'll ask this question, who, who does Jesus direct his, his confrontational style towards? Let's start with that. Oh, the Pharisees. Pharisees, yeah. <clears throat> Spiritual leaders. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's write it over here. The ones that know the most. Jesus. Or, or should know the most. This is it, this is it. <clears throat> People who think they know the most. Yep. What's the result of something like that? Yeah, you're right, Jesus. We're a bunch of hypocrites. Thanks for telling us that. How, well, that, yeah. how, how dare you step on our toes? How dare you, sir? We're, we're the knowledgeable ones. Ooh! And they're the ones that have the most to lose in this. Yeah. You know, they're not just hypocrites, but mm -hmm. they're in power. Mm -hmm. So it makes it even, they mm -hmm. even have more to lose from mm -hmm. this confrontation by being That's shown. It. That's it. They attack him in any, any way they can. Yes. <clears throat> You're, oh, where are you from again? This is it. This is it. <clears throat> yeah, who did you study in under? Galilee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's that remind you of? that ever happened today? No, not at all. Never. <laughs> I'm so glad this is a 2,000-year-old document that bears no uh, relation to today. <clears throat> well, you're enlightening us up on things that we've improved over and don't have to worry about anymore. Exactly. You guys are great. You're good. These, these are the ones who need to learn a lesson, right? Learn your lesson. Okay. <clears throat> so, not surprisingly, here's a question for you. It's maybe it has an obvious answer. Did Jesus know that this would stir things up? <laughs> or was this a complete surprise? Throwing grenades and all of a sudden people are like, what? I, I think it comes down to why he came to the earth to begin with. Mm -hmm. We were messing things up and he's like, hey, I gotta, I gotta show these guys what I really meant. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you could see him kind of, it's, it's part of the crescendo that's going on here where, you know, he starts off soft and kind of off in the <coughs> distance but now, you know, he's ramping things up because he's got you know, he's got to, I mean he wants to get these people stirred up to the point where they're going to put him on a cross Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it works, it doesn't take long either it really does work <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump into the word and with all of that in mind here, let's read chapter 9, and we're going to read 1. <clears throat> let's just do 1 to 12. We'll start slow here. Who'd <clears throat> like to read that for me? As he passed by, he saw a man <clears throat> blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, 
It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work with the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. When I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. Still others were saying, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the one. So they were saying to him, How then were your eyes open? He answered, The man who is called Jesus made, made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed, and I received sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. So <clears throat> this is a really interesting passage. And it sparks, it sparks the question that a lot of people ask, and, and in the first century, the Jews certainly were thinking of, which is, why is there suffering in the world? Why do people experience hardship? Now, in the first century, if you were to ask a Jew, especially a, a pious Pharisee, why is this person born blind? Or why was this person crippled and couldn't walk? Um, why was this other person born with a deformity? Why was this other person born desperately poor? What would, what would the Pharisee's answer be to that? Almost universally. The sin of the parents. Or, or, or their sin. That's it. Sin, <laughs> now what do you, and I'm not going to call you a Pharisee, but what do, what do people think? Because of sin. I did something wrong. Now this is the religious answer. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's common today. I mean, if you're, a, if you're a pious Jew or a pious Christian or, or a Muslim or, or what have you, and, and you experience hardship in your life, what's the first thing you might think in, in your mind? <clears throat> what did I do to deserve this? What did I do to deserve this? Why because God, why? Why is God punishing me? That's it. Why, why is God punishing <clears throat> me? <clears throat> God is punishing us. We, we kind of... Um, live, whether we admit it or not, in some kind of behaviorist, um, you know, Pavlov's dogs kind of world, we think, that every action is a stimulus response, and um, if, I hear a, if I hear a bell and it's associated with food, then I start to salivate. If I touch something that is um, something I shouldn't be touching and I get an electric shock, I'll learn to associate that pain with a certain object. And just kind of naturally, you assume, maybe, that if something bad is happening to you, well, God is punishing me. And then, you, and then if you think that God is punishing you, <laughs> it's a very dangerous path that you start to go down. Okay, all of a sudden, I've lost my job. Well, I assume, well, God must be punishing me for something that I did wrong. What's the next thing you start to say? Why? Why? Why, God, are you doing this to me? Right? Or what can I do okay. to make up for it uh-huh. or to correct it? Okay. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes you might be right. Ah. That's the tricky mm-hmm. thing that we, mm-hmm. the tricky line that we walk. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes you might lose a job because mm-hmm. maybe it's, maybe you got that job by ill manners mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. who knows what the circumstances mm-hmm. are. But 
It could be that you're being punished. And that's that's an excellent point, and we'll, and we'll go down that, that path in just a moment here. I just want to finish this thought out, which is, if God is punishing us, what do humans have the tendency to start to do towards God? What is one reaction you could have? Now, there's many reactions. What are they? What are some of them? Trying to atone for it, like through works. Try or to fix it yourself. Okay. Or you can completely turn your back on God because He turned His back on you first. You can get angry at God. Right. You can get resentful. Well, you know, I'm trying. Look at that guy. He's doing. He's way worse than me. And why aren't you punishing him? Name your politician, which I'm not. And you might say to yourself, well, they don't seem like a very Christian person, but they seem like everything gets, goes their way. Or, or famous rich person, or famous celebrity. <clears throat> they seem to live very abhorrent lives, um, you might think. And you might think, well, why is, why is God blessing them, but I'm being punished? What did I, you know? And so you start to go down this rabbit hole. <clears throat> but what does the Bible say? <laughs> and, and what did the religious leaders here say? They were totally convinced this man must have done something wrong. But what was Jesus' response in, in this passage anyway? He said it wasn't because of this man's sin or his parents' sin that we may see God. <clears throat> we see God's power. So here we go. I'm going to write it all over here because it's going to be long. Why? Why do we suffer? Let's start adding to the list to see what God's was it power? Yeah. Power. Power what? <clears throat> power to save. Power to heal. Power to power to save. Heal. Okay. <clears throat> to basically to work in your life, okay. okay. <clears throat> whatever in whatever fashion he okay sees fit. <clears throat> Excellent. Why don't we do this before we go through the rest of John? Let's look at what the Bible says. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So as we go through each of these, let's fill out our list here. And maybe it's not just why do we suffer, but who suffers? Okay? What is the answer in this passage? Who suffers? Everyone. Everyone suffers. And he also blesses everyone. Everyone is blessed. And, okay. Anything else on that? Proverbs. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Ooh, okay. So this is kind of getting at what Steve said. What does that take home there? Be smart and you won't get hurt. Natural consequences. I think that is an excellent way. I, that's it. And, and sometimes <clears throat> the response is, why does God have all these rules for us? It's easy for someone who is maybe a non-Christian or maybe a young Christian to say, what the heck? We're, the book of Leviticus alone is basically 
you know, 100 pages of don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. If you do that, something bad's going to happen to you. Why? Why is so much of the Bible rules? Is it to punish you? I like to say that God, what does God have? God has so much more for us. Ooh, okay. He's not trying to take it away from us. He's give, he's if he if we can live a little bit of a straighter, narrower path, there's so much more mm -hmm. for us in mm -hmm. real good. life, That's true good. life stuff. If you touch a hot stove, you get burned, right? If you play, you know, the whole thing, if you play with fire, you get burned. <clears throat> this may not have anything to do with God punishing you for something. <clears throat> it may be, these are rules for life. Look, um, <clears throat> there's a reason why God said, don't eat pork <laughs> to the Jews. Why did he tell them not to eat pork or reptiles? There's a very good scientific reason for these things. What were they? Because if they're disease. improperly cooked, there were terrible disease. diseases associated, deadly diseases associated with eating reptiles and amphibians and, and, and swine. <clears throat> that if you didn't properly cook your food or you eat the intestines of a reptile or an amphibian, you could die. You could get a terrible disease and die. So there were just natural consequences that God's trying to protect us from. Okay. I never thought about it. <clears throat> pork. Like, how would you preserve pork back then? Because now you put it in the fridge for a week and it's. I mean, even in refrigeration, it's, it turns bad. Clock, pretty clock's fast. ticking, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good for a couple weeks. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you have an iron right. stomach. <laughs> let's, do, uh, let's do Luke. Okay. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again that unless you repent, you will be perished too. So the, the, the passage here, this is Jesus talking to his followers about some people who had suffered and died. The Tower of Siloam, no one's really sure what that is. It may have been associated with an earthquake that happened in the region um, in which buildings collapsed and people were killed. <clears throat> But what is that passage saying to us? It's saying two things at the same time. What are they? We said it wasn't because of sin, okay. but you need to <coughs> repent and not sin. <laughs> so. so here we go. We're, we're filling this out. It's not always because of sin, but... There's a message here. What is the second part of the message? It, it could come at any time. And so if it could come at any time, what is Jesus telling us? What is he telling us to do? We need to be right with him. Yeah, this is it. It's, it's a bit corrective. In, you know, the whole warning shot, military guy, right? Um, you know, if, a, if, if you're in a military ship, and an uh, enemy ship is approaching you, um, sometimes what will happen is the, the uh, military, the U.S. military ship will do what? <clears throat> they fire the warning shot. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, right? Right? Fire a warning yeah. shot. It's possible, right? Or, you know, <clears throat> there will be some kind of attempt made to, to make a very clear signal to the, to the party that you should not come any closer. <clears throat> warning shot. 
Because what is the ultimate result of sin? Death. Yeah. Yeah. Sin leads to death. Anger leads to hate. Hate <laughs> leads to suffering. Sin leads to death, right? It's true. All right, let's keep going. Um, Laura, do you want to read Second Corinthians? Sure. Uh, so that I would not become too proud of the wonderful things that were shown to me, a painful physical problem was given to me. This problem was a messenger from Satan sent to beat me and keep me from being too proud. This is Paul speaking. Paul is very <clears throat> famous for admitting that he had thorns in his side, right? A thorn, thorns. And in this case, this might have even been something else. This might have been, um, <clears throat> some people think, uh, in this particular case, he might have gotten malaria. I'm, this is totally conjecture. But there were times in Paul's life where something happened to him to kind of communicate something from God. And in this passage, what did Paul think God was telling him? It was to keep him from being too proud. To keep us from being too proud. Oh my goodness, that's huge. He, he, and he refers to Satan in there too. Yeah. <clears throat> so how much of our suffering is caused okay. by Satan? Tempting. Um, caused. Or inflamed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or administered. Uh, yeah. By, say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Job, you know. Satan's the one who carried out all the stuff against Job. God allowed it mm-hmm. and was, you know, completely aware of everything. But this is this is this is the uh, the kind of the point I like to make to people is that you are very capable of getting yourself into plenty of trouble. <laughs> uh, you don't need Satan to do all of it, right? Now he will do some of it, and in this case, we are biblical proof that Satan is the cause of some of our suffering. To what? For God uses that in a biblical way <clears throat> to keep us from being too proud. But I also believe that Satan is also good at inflaming us for something that he didn't cause, but he likes to remind you about, right? Or to, yes, he's a shoulder devil, right? He's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have taken that money. Maybe he didn't, you know, have anything to do with it. Maybe he's, you got yourself into he's, it. He's very good at um, leading us down one path yes. and then turning it on us yes. and say, ah, what kind of Christian are you to think like that? Me too. Yeah. He'll give yep. us, he'll put those thoughts in our head, the, the you know, some of what mm-hmm. we, up, 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 up above, mm-hmm. you know, or what we did, or what we said over here. We get angry at God, you know, he'll, mm-hmm. oh, God's, God doesn't care about you, God doesn't, he's not on your side, he doesn't, this or that, and then he'll turn it around and go, oh, what kind of, I thought you were a Christian, what kind of a, and he's a, this is it right here, deceit. this is it. He's so good at twisting. And so what he has taken, look at this. <laughs> what do you think? Why is there suffering? Well, it's all for all these reasons. But Satan is very good at taking what, what God is trying to do in your life and twisting it to make it like this. I'm going to be angry at God now. I'm going to be angry at myself. I'm going to not, you know, have faith in God or myself. And, and if he can do that to us, just think, you know, when he was in heaven and he had a third of the angels turn against, mm-hmm. you know, being that he was an archangel, mm-hmm. um, it, it shows that he hasn't changed at all. Right. Yep. Okay, let's go on. Sec- you just did Second Corinthians. Let's do Galatians. 
but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you for the first time. Okay, that might have been the malaria one. This is, in this case, this is Paul saying, there was a group of you, I ended up preaching the gospel to you in the beginning, but I preached it to you because I was ill. <coughs> and, you know, there's a lot of thought around what that means. Maybe he was incapacitated, maybe he couldn't travel. Um, he was going to travel to certain regions, but he admits in the, in the letters that he writes that he was prevented from going to certain places, <coughs> or God closed certain doors for him to go to certain places. Why do we suffer here? To glorify God. To glorify God, but what about this specific passage? To put, to put Paul where God wanted him to be. To put us where God wants us to be. Does that sound like it sucks? <laughs> Does that sound kind of mean? I don't know. I'm a human being. To me, that's like, well, dude, why didn't you just come down as an angel and say, Brian, why don't you go, you know, talk to, uh, to the Corinthians, right? <clears throat> Instead, <laughs> he kind of does it all. <laughs> I think it was Elijah when he was in the wilderness that God kept telling him, hey, you can come back now. You can come back now. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Look at I got everything here. I've got shelter. I've got water. I've got locust seed or whatever honey and everything. He was just he's like, ah, this is cool. And then it says that that God caused the stream to dry up, so that he had to leave. He he forced him to move on, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. After he told him and told him and told him, are we just stop listening? <laughs> That's that. That's good. You know, I mean, maybe Paul was in this case. Paul was he was ready to move on, and mm -hmm. then he got sick. Okay. God said, yeah. Wonderful. Okay. I want you right now. Excellent. Romans. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who's, who, who sins? So here, now, why do we suffer? Who suffers? Who sins? Everyone. All sin. So, by extension, if everybody is a sinner then God is going to be punishing everyone, and there is no relief, right? But is that true? Is everyone punished continually and eternally on, on earth? <laughs> or not? That's a good question. No, because we don't get punished for everything we do. There you go. Boom. Yeah, but Isaiah says even our most righteous acts compared to God is like filthy rags. So that's like the thing of saying there is no one innocent. That's the opposite, right? There is. What about the innocents? There are no innocents. All sin, we all deserve, by that logic, we all deserve punishment. And in fact, is that true? Yeah. yeah, you better believe it. You're all destined for hell. I'm sorry if you are disturbed by that. I'm kind of not. I'm destined for hell. And I'm going to say that, that I may, you may sin and cause me to suffer. I may sin and cause you to suffer. So this is it. I may sin and cause my family to suffer. Um, yeah, but in Psalms 51, it says our sins are against God, not against man. <coughs> True, but... The real, yep, all of that. If you're an alcoholic, you know, the biggest thing that we would see in the Army mm -hmm. when you look at domestic violence is there, there were three causes. You know, um, drugs or alcohol, finances, and infidelity. And whenever you would look at a domestic violence situation, two of those three would always be prevalent. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, 
somebody would take the, the paycheck, go to the bar, meet somebody, and you know, then the, the spouse is at home trying to take care of the family. Well, housing's provided, but what about food? What about, you know, uh, clothing for the kids? You know, and when you walk into the house and it's air mattresses on the floor and a $5,000 stereo system or a gaming system, then the, the family does suffer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good example. I mean, just a murder. I mean, you could pick that one too. Yes, it's a sin against God. Mm -hmm. It's a sin against his law. You've hurt others. You've, you've maybe many others, right? Or it can be just as simple as... I had a crappy day at work, mm -hmm. you know, I come home and kick the know. dog, take it out on the family, right? But can we chase the, the rabbit hole on the sins can impact others? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so your, your father's abusive. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to you and says, you know, come to church with me, learn about your loving heavenly father. You start picturing, well, if my dad beat me and you're saying that that guy is loving, and I got beat. What's he gonna do? Beat me with a smile on his face? I don't I can't I can't accept that. And then whether or not you want to, you kind of you know, because that's the, the relationship that you learned at home, mm -hmm. that's how you <coughs> deal with your family. Mm -hmm. And so there's this cycle that, that continues on. Mm-hmm perpetuates itself. <clears throat> Romans 8.22 yep. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Okay. Kind of a reminder yep. that you know, even in the beginning that was one of the punishments mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. Adam, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. All creation is <clears throat> suffering. This is this is scientific. <clears throat> the law of the universe is natural law right now. It is survival of the fittest. It seems organisms like live because others are dying. Go ahead. Seems like it's saying more than that yep. than just suffering though, because yep. what goes along with <coughs> you know with with the pains of childbirth, it's childbirth. So you've okay. got the pains, but there's a light at the end of the... <laughs> Verse 18, right before that I says... I can't say end of the tunnel, but light. <laughs> That's good. I like that. The end Sorry. Of the Make like a fetus and head out. Yeah. Verse 18 there says, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. Mm -hmm. Ah, this is really good. This is really good. <clears throat> This is it. <clears throat> and it circles back to John. <coughs> Excuse me. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in his life. And if the work of God is displayed in his life, then who is glorified? God. This is a big oldest person was when he got healed. He was of age. He was a grown man. Well, yes, the thing is, we, we're more into gratification. But the thing is, that for God to be glorified, it was 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, whatever. It takes, time is not a, a 
factor for God. Ah, but okay. It's, it's for a purpose in the future. We don't know why the bad things happen to us now. It may be 10, 20, 30, 40 this? years down the road before the glorification comes. What, at the very beginning, this is an excellent point. At the very beginning, the point was made, why am I suffering? Well, I must have just done something wrong, so God is immediately punishing me. And you, you kind of associate. Now, if you've, if you've raised children or you, you know, um, you've had to teach or instruct people on a team or something like that, you kind of know if someone does some, a behavior that you don't want them to continue doing, you need to immediately intervene to make sure it stops. Now, that can, that can be through all kinds of means. If it's children, maybe it's a punishment. If it's someone on your team, maybe it's an intervention or a, you know, a conversation, something like that. But the point is, you want the time between when the, the, the bad behavior happens and the corrective action to happen as soon as possible so that in our minds, it's associated properly, right? But I 100% agree that in some cases, it's this, what um, Dan is saying. And I've, I've made a very famous comment before. God is a strategic thinker. God is a patient, strategic, long-term thinker. Sometimes what happens to us has nothing to do with the immediate past. Sometimes it's something that is ongoing. And just because you ran that red light on the way to get here, Scott, I know you didn't. <laughs> just because you, you know, <clears throat> Uh, you know, uh, jaywalked, uh, Steve, <clears throat> which I know you never do. The, as soon as that happens, you know, can you expect some kind of lightning to come down and strike you? Now, now that's, that we joke about this, right? Oh, I just said a dirty word. Oh, I hope God doesn't strike me with lightning, right? It's in our minds. We are kind of, our DNA is programmed to think that as soon as we do something wrong, God is going to punish us for it. This guy has been suffering his entire life. <laughs> From birth, from birth. It says it there, right? On the ground. We'll read it here in a minute, I think. Since birth, he was, yes. He was blind from birth. His entire life, he has been going through this challenge. It wasn't because of some short-term thing. It was a long-term thing. It was, it was a long-term uh, impact that was going to end up glorifying God. Okay, let's finish this out. Steve, do you want to do Second Corinthians, please? Yep. <coughs> One, four. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. This is a big one. Why do we suffer? Born in healing. Say it again. Because Jesus was wounded for our sins. He can okay. heal us. Because of the things that happen to us, our wounds, we can help heal others. To help the empathy heal, heal the others. This is like Jesus. Holy cow, this is a big one. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm an elder in the church. <clears throat> I've, never, I've never been through a personal divorce. I've never murdered anyone. I've never been in prison. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole long list of things that I have never personally experienced myself in my life that plenty of other people in the church have, right? But I have done a lot of bad things, <laughs> okay? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's kind of like the saying, you know, <clears throat> why, what, what's the point here? Sometimes you will experience something in your life and it sucks. You might go to prison. You might get caught in adultery. You might have a divorce and that sort of thing. Why did you go through all of that? 
Well, According, say it again. You might be innocent and it happens anyway. It happens, right? Sometimes you may have had nothing to do with it, but sometimes you do. Sometimes you got yourself into it. <clears throat> What's the point here? What is this passage trying to say? It's how you react, and, and your reaction will be a witness to non-believers. Yes. Um, when my dad died and we had his funeral, um, it, it, it was a pretty big funeral, and I remember some people coming up to me afterwards, and you know, you have to be careful who you mm -hmm. label a believer and unbeliever, but I would say they're probably more on the, on the unbeliever side of things, yep. you know, not a regular churchgoer. And his comment was, it was the most, it was the happiest or, or most upbeat funeral he'd ever been to. And it was, you know, the funeral, while a sad thing, it was really a witness to these, mm -hmm. a lot of people there that probably weren't believers that, mm -hmm. you know, this isn't the end. There's, yes. it can be joy. Mm -hmm. It can have some joy in it. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. Well, it's kind of what we discussed last week is that uh, Paul was saying, was it first? I forget the verses, but the um, he wants the more. And the original intent of the scripture, he wants more believers. And so does Jesus. But I wanted to take it more than that. I want more Jesus. And if it's necessary, more suffering so mm -hmm. I can help glorify Jesus, bring others to the saving grace. Let's, let's look at it this way. This is great. What was Paul's life bef like before he was a Christian? Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. What else? Zealous. Zealous. Was he doing some good stuff? He was violent. He was a violent man. <clears throat> was he but, doing to Christians? But, you know, in, in Saul's defense, yep. he didn't want people to fall away from Judaism, so if you're violent to keep them from, from you know, the, violating the Torah, that's what you've got to do because ultimately you want these people to yep. serve eternity. Yes, and no one's arguing that, that Paul <coughs> believed in his heart that he was doing the right thing. But the truth is that he was doing some very bad things. He was, he was condoning the dragging of Christians from their homes to be stoned and murdered, right? Where is Paul at in his life when he's writing Galatians or 2 Corinthians? Prison. Say it again. Prison. Okay, he, he has been imprisoned. But what else? <laughs> what kind of man is Paul at this point? Well, he knows that what he did in the past was, wasn't what God wanted him to do. Now he knows who Jesus is. It changes us. And in Paul's case, he was more relatable. Look, <clears throat> this is where I was kind of going with this long rambling thing, that in some cases, your suffering will make you more relatable because you will be able to say, there are some people in the church who've been in prison and can help others, right? I've, you know, I haven't been, but let's take you know, Bob. I'm just gonna make up a name. Bob's been in prison, he, and he's a Christian. He's a changed man. Now he can relate better to people who have you know, a criminal past, have, have maybe done some things they shouldn't have. The long story short here is that I totally believe this. Christians are not just pinnacles of perfect behavior who have never gotten into trouble before. In fact, one of the best examples of Christians of all time was a man who was essentially a murderer in his past. <clears throat> and now, through his suffering, he can now help people. 
I would be willing to bet that almost everyone in this room is a Christian today, partly because of Paul, the apostle. Because if he had not written half of the New Testament, we wouldn't even understand a lot about Jesus and about Christianity and about what our role is here. God took a man who was a murderer and changed him. And through him, it changed us. Look at this. To help and heal others. You have been healed because of Paul's suffering. Steve Cruz. Now, it took 2,000 years, and you didn't know the man personally. You've only met him through his writings. Let's finish this out here. Is it the, is, are we on John? Yep. Okay, let's finish. Later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, See, you are well now. Stop sinning so that something worse does not happen to you. Well, this is good. This is, this is the person who was crippled, and, and he healed him. This is a classic response. Go and stop what? So we're kind of back to this. You don't always suffer because of sin, but it could be one of the causes. But the goal is to keep you out of what? (laughs) Separation from God. Separation from God, which is death. How do you avoid that? I think it goes back to the first point on there. See God's power to say he'll work. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know? blind guy never had sight. So mm-hmm. when he was given sight, that was more precious to him than somebody who's always had sight. Yeah. And then after all this is over and done with, at a later time, Jesus comes back to him and says, hey, don't sin anymore. Yeah. You know, a, a point was made at the beginning, and then when that shock and awe was had settled in. At a later time, Jesus came back for some more counsel to him. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we <clears throat> we forget that we, mankind, chose this way of life. Oh, <laughs> this is so good, dude. God didn't choose suffering for us. That wasn't his intent to begin with. But he knew it was going to be that way. Yeah. Now, I'm going to turn it around because, brother, you are the positive one of this room. You really are. <laughs> if we are ultimately responsible for having chosen a path that leads us to suffering, what are we also able to do? Choose to right We can choose Get out of it. to find salvation. A path that leads to salvation. salvation. And what is that path? Jesus. Jesus. Believing Jesus is the Messiah. Let's finish. Well, also remember, Jesus cleans his fish after he catches them. Ah, that's we good. We come as we are, but we must leave change. Hmm. Jesus cleans his fish <clears throat> after he catches them. Yeah, I love that, Dan. Was that like on a calendar that you ripped off this morning? That's that's no, brilliant. I love that. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, I didn't make it up. Okay. If well, I say something, that's all good, not, bro. It's not something I. I shouldn't have asked because then you could have claimed it. One one thing that you were when you were talking about, you know, I think you were saying in our workplace or a team mm-hmm. or parenting. Yep. And we the child let's just see the child the child does something wrong and mm-hmm. we we want to correct them, punish yep. them, whatever, yep. you know, however you want to put it. <clears throat> um, we also have this expectation that their behavior will change yes. immediately. Mm-hmm. First time obedience, 
blah, 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 whatever. <coughs> um, are we thankful that God's a little more patient with us than that? Thank God. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. 47 years, you know, God's still patient with me. Even when I can get myself into trouble. And, and you know, let's do a bell curve. That's the new thing. I used to do maps all the time. Let's do bell curves. God, you know, if you, if you consider this is, this is the number of, you know, <clears throat> people who choose him. You'll have, and maybe a bell curve is a bad way to do it. You'll have, you know, <clears throat> maybe we'll do it like, we'll do it like this. Oh, a histogram. Yeah, we'll do a histogram. Thank you, sir. Oh, see ya. That's good. 20%. See, you can talk to other scientists about this and understand it. <laughs> no matter what you do, and this is true of any kind of corrective behavioral action you will ever take, ask a school guidance counselor this question. No matter what you do, 20% of people, students, kids, adults, what have you, no matter what you do, will not change their ways. There will be no behavioral modification. 20%, the minute you threaten detention, the straight A students could be like, I'm sorry, I will never chew gum in class again, right? Because it was chewing gum and not fighting or something. 60% will be in the middle. This is, this is us, and maybe this is us too, which is sometimes, no matter what you say or do, people are not gonna receive the gospel. And, and again, I try and tell you, this is what's gonna happen in your real life. You may share the gospel with others. You may point them in the right direction. You may say, A, yes, you're suffering maybe because of some things that you're doing and you shouldn't be doing, but you, B, also might be suffering just because everyone suffers. But you can change your life and you can end up in a place where you're not going to be in eternal damnation and death. And 20% will be like, get lost. I don't care. Even through God's patience, Adolf Hitler lived for 50 years, right? I think he was 50 when he finally ended his own life. <clears throat> Why did he live for 50 years? Well, one reason I believe was because God is a merciful, patient God, and he gave him 50 years to change his ways <clears throat> and to repent. Why do some children die? Again, it gets us this whole, why do we suffer? Well, God is patient, and in some cases he's, you know, and maybe in my view, too patient. <laughs> I'm not God. But 20% will immediately accept the gospel, and then 60% are somewhere in the middle. Who, you know, we're here for everybody. But just be aware that it's not just a magic bullet either. Let's finish out John chapter nine. Then the people took to the, then the people took to the Pharisees the man who had been born blind. The day Jesus had made mud and healed his eyes was the Sabbath day. Now the Pharisees asked the man, "How did you get your sight?" He answered, he put mud in my eyes, I washed, and now I see. So some of the Pharisees were saying, this man does not keep the Sabbath day, so he is not from God. But others said, a man who is a sinner cannot do miracles like these. So they could not agree with each other. They asked the man again, what do you say about him since it was your eyes he opened? The man answered, he is a prophet. These leaders did not believe that he had been born blind and could now see again. So they sent for the man's parents, and they asked him, is this your son who you say was born blind? <laughs> then how does he see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see. We don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the older leaders who had already decided that anyone who said Jesus was the Christ would be avoided. That is why his parents said, He is old enough. Ask him. So the second time they called the man who had been born blind. 
They said, You should give God the glory by telling the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I don't know if he's a sinner. The one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. They asked, What did he do to you? How did he make you see again? He answered, I already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his followers too? Then they insulted him and said, You are his follower, but we are followers of the law of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. The man answered, This is a very strange thing. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We all know that God does not listen to sinners, but he listens to anyone who worships and obeys him. Nobody has ever heard of anyone giving sight to a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered, You were born full of sin. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out. I love this passage. <laughs> Finally, someone else stuck it to him. Yeah, he just, he, somebody had a backbone and stood Finally. up to him. Thank you. And he suffered consequences, too. Yes. It was a big deal for him to get kicked out. That's, are his parents in here? His parents are in here, right? Yeah. They're, what are they worried about? The same thing. You get kicked out, dude, that's like you're cut off, you're shunned from society, right? Now remember, in the first century, in Jerusalem, if you are excommunicated from the temple, it's kind of like being kicked out of the mafia or kicked out of, um, you know, the cult. No one will do business with you. The community has cut you off. It's not the temple, it's the community has cut you off now. Your business is going to dry up. No one's going to come to your, your rescue. You might as well leave because otherwise you're in big trouble. And every little thing you do might get reported to the authorities. You might end up in jail. Yeah, but when you touch by the one living God, who cares? <laughs> well, in this case, you have a guy who's been blind yep. at the temple. You know, what are the quote-unquote religious people doing every day? And then you have a somebody who supposedly isn't very religious heals him and now he's being chastised why are why are you able to see this guy healed me oh you can't say that yep i I find it interesting that here we've got this body of Mm -hmm. leaders who have the list of things that can and can't be done Mm -hmm. but one thing that's not on the list is gathering to hold these meetings to judge people So it's perfectly fine for them to assemble and to call people in and witnesses and do all this stuff, and none of that's work. (laughs) I love this. I love it. Hypocrisy. And and who do we have? We've got our groups here, right? A man has suddenly been healed. He really didn't even know anything about Jesus or the gospel, but now that he has learned... Where is this guy? Where's the blind guy now? It's all in, dude. He's all in. And the people who have the most to lose, who are the most Mm -hmm. threatened by this message, they're right here. I like how we always talk about, like, people can't argue with your story. Uh Right? We say that, like, when you're giving your testimony, people can't argue with it. And, Mm -hmm. like, this, like... Well, they can't. They're trying to argue with him, but, like, their arguments fall so flat because he's, like... Everything that they're trying to throw at him, he's like, look, you, you can't argue with me. <laughs> like, I was blind, and now I see. Mm-hmm. Like, you can keep trying to, like, yell at me, but you're looking, like, more, more and more foolish, you know? That's exactly it. Because, here we go. Yeah. Where is it in here? Keep us from being too proud. Pharisees, listen to this. <laughs> right? 
Well, they keep trying to twist it all different yeah. ways that they can mm -hmm. twist it. And he, like you said, just simply, I was blind, now I'm not. You know, if I can throw it's not a, that complex. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> if I can throw a law enforcement application into this. Absolutely. If, if somebody's giving you a story mm -hmm. and you, you get them heated, one yeah. of two things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Either they're just going to give in or they're going to get very defensive and, mm -hmm. and stay with what they know to be true. Yep. And the more that they're throwing at this guy, the more that it's locking it in because, mm -hmm. you know, he's got nothing else to go off of. He was blind all these years. A guy came by, did something, told him to go do something. Mm -hmm. He did it, and now he can see. And nothing's going to change that fact. I love it. I just have to say, if I was this guy, and you're, you're one of the Pharisees standing there, giving this guy the third degree, and suddenly he says this to you, do you want to become one of his disciples too? Yeah. <laughs> I would give anything to be in that room at that moment and be like, what just the know that did they he were like just say? things and just oh. like going nuts. They kicked the dog that night. They were they, nuts. You know, the, the horse and the goat all got kicked. I'm telling you, they were pissed about this. Yeah, but they were raised in this religious system that from Moses that uh -huh. they've set up and they've been doing it this way for a long, long time. It's in that yeah. embedded into their who they mm -hmm. who they are. And then Jesus comes along and says, No, this is what I meant. This is the way it's supposed to be done. Right. And they don't know how to respond. And let's close because in closing, there's always a reason. Now I have I have maintained Yes, Jesus is a loving, compassionate person, and God is a loving, compassionate God. But if he wanted to, he could snap his fingers today and none of us would suffer. Today, on earth, we would have no more death, no more sickness, no more, no more COVID-19, no more losing of your jobs, no more poverty, and that sort of thing. But he doesn't. And now we're starting to see why. But getting to this point here, why did Jesus heal the man of his blindness to begin with? It's, it's, it's got several answers, one of which is, yes, he probably had compassion on this person and wanted to ha help him to see. I totally accept that, given the personality of Jesus as outlined in the New Testament. But why is this piece tacked on here at the end, which is verse 35 to 41? What is that topic? Do you want me to read that? Because I didn't get I didn't oh, read that I didn't. part. Like I was supposed to, but then I stopped and then we just started talking. Well, so. that's, that is perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Please continue. Okay, so when Jesus heard they had thrown him out, Jesus found him and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he asked, who is the Son of Man, sir, so I can believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him. The Son of Man is the one talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And then the man worshiped Jesus. Jesus said, I came into this world so that the world could be judged. I came so that the blind would see, and so that those who see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were nearby heard Jesus say this and asked, Are you saying that we are blind too? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But since you keep saying you see, your guilt remains. What point is Jesus trying to make by showing physical healing? In this case, well, he used an object lesson. He's like, there's somebody that can't see that I healed, and now he can see what's going on. And when you're trying to say that your religious rules that you fall under are the way that I, I designed them to be, that unless you see what I'm actually trying to teach you, 
you're not going to understand. I, I hope the video gets good shots of me as I'm, you know, I do a lot of this. <laughs> and I do a lot of this. <laughs> I just, we'll blur it. Um, yeah, this is exactly it. This is an object lesson. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Well, this is a whole rabbit hole in itself. But eventually he will explain his parables. And, and they're, they're meant to basically boil down something that might be somewhat complex into something very simple that we can relate to. It's something we can relate to. Why did Jesus heal people of their blindness? To show the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees. We're spiritually blind people. All of us are. And the Pharisees were just as guilty of that. Why did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? To show that man would be raised from the dead because within a few months, Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus can provide spiritual life. You don't have to be spiritually dead anymore. Why did Jesus heal people who were crippled or lame? To show that Jesus could heal you of your spiritual lameness. <laughs> and many of us are spiritually lame. If, There's a reason for that. Go if, ahead. if Jesus came to save us, and there's nothing to be saved from. What's the point? Boom. That's it. Make it simple. He, I told him he should teach today. I told him I was in no mood to teach. I couldn't do it. He's, he's boiling this all day. He's doing exactly right. Sometimes we just need to be hit over the head with it. Now, of course, there's also the, the <coughs> proof that Jesus is proving he is who he says he is, and he has the authority, and that he is God's representative on earth. It's all of that, but he's also trying to teach us a lesson about spiritual blindness. He will heal more blind people. He will heal more sick people. <clears throat> We're all sick. And he's trying to show the covenant that leads to the new kingdom, <clears throat> which there is no sickness and there is no suffering. Yes, this is short term, but here, if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, how long are you going to suffer? Just during this lifetime. If you believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. your suffering is short-term. It is. And really, in a way, and I think I heard it earlier, you really have nothing to lose. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. But if you don't believe that he has anything to save you from, if you're okay, if you are the humanist who thinks, I got, I'm in control of my <laughs> destiny, there is no God of the universe, well, guess what, folks? You're falling into a trap that there is eternal consequences, period. And, and for us, 52 days, is it now? 52 days is an eternity for us. Seems like an awful long time of suffering. I mean, is that what, in this whole stay-at-home <clears throat> thing? That's it feels like forever. We were just talking about how <coughs> when we got back from, from England was right when things started to shut down. It feels like a year ago. It literally feels like it was a year ago. Our perception, right? Now just magnify that by eternity, <laughs> if you don't right. believe. I've heard it said that, <clears throat> that uh, I believe that, that Jesus came in part to heal God of a bad reputation. Ooh, like that. Another Old, calendar. Old Testament God was very different. Yeah. You know, in perception. Mm -hmm. he, wasn't, he wasn't different, but, it, mm -hmm. but he was perceived differently. I love that. I love it. Maybe that explains why our Christian Bible still has the Old Testament. There's something to be learned, not ignored. Okay. Any final thoughts, comments well, here? You know, we take a look at suffering as being a negative thing, mm -hmm. but we could call it experience. Mm -hmm. You know, if you work out, you're going to be sore at the end of your workout in order to improve. 
if you're in sports, to perfect your athleticism, you're going to be sore at the end. You're mm -hmm. going to make some mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose some events. But all of that is to teach and train so that you can get better. Scott, pain is just weakness leaving the body. Uh, I've seen the gym shirts. That's, that's <coughs> what it says. Oh, well, we can't bring those up. And he's Army. Well, so. yes. Here, you can't say that. Do you know why the Army's around? Because even the Marines need heroes. Oh, that's... <laughs> Go, Army! Uh. How many positive... Let's, let's wrap up here. This is a good point. Are these all negative? Which are the negative... Which are the positive aspects of suffering? It's, it's all in your mindset. It's all in your mindset. If, if you don't want to get healed, you know... You're never going to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if, if you want to say, oh, this is why this happened, yeah. then you learn something out of it. I like it's that. a teachable moment. If we didn't suffer, we wouldn't learn a darn thing. There you go. There you go. We'll end there. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>